Today's Tuesday, November 26, 2019, and this week on the Birdland BS Podcast. The Ravens win a big one out in L.A. as they shine bright in Hollywood. Now the best team in the NFL comes to M&T. Turkey Day brings some extra primetime games this week, and Terps hoops are looking good while we look for anything positive with the football squad. Stay tuned. So let's take it to the Birdland. That Baltimore home flavor is coming firsthand. Fred Scott and Ryan, tell them the word, man. Mixing a little BS to make it work, man. Sports, they got it. On excitement, the topic. Make sure when they toss you the ball, you don't drop it. With all that swag, you're going to listen regardless. Here comes the pitch, so it's time to get it started. It's Birdland BS. BS, BS. What's up, BSers? What is up? Fred Scott and Brian, it's episode 124 of the Birdland BS podcast. I have been like anticipating this show. <laughs> I was so amped up this morning, last night, like to the point where I could not sleep. And you know me, I get up at 5.30 in the morning and you all know. You have a problem sleeping as it is. Oh, I know. And then what time did the game end last night? Like around 11, 11.30, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, and I couldn't, you know, my body's all going, my blood pressure's up, I'm all pumped. <laughs> About 11 Fred o'clock. Was pumped. About 11 pumped. o'clock today, boy, it all hit me. It all hit me. It, like a ton of bricks, man. It all went away. I'm like, oh, I got to get amped up for the show. Yeah, man. I like. I was so excited. It was. I agree with you. It's, it was hard to fall asleep. I was up probably till at least probably one because I watch SVP afterwards. Yeah. Like, I, watch I, it too. I can't not watch SVP. Right. And then him being. You know, a Maryland native right. just made it all that much better because he was a little bit more hyped about it, and he, he went into the Baltimore Joe Flacco thing. No, I know. And and they asked, "What's Lamar?" He's like, "It's just Lamar." <laughs> it's awesome. The Ravens win a big one out in L.A., out in Hollywood, uh, as Lamar and crew, man, they show up big in this game. Uh, but now we're moving on. Just as quick as Lamar said in his po- his post game speech. Uh, it's on to the next, and we got a big test coming up here at home at the bank against supposedly the best team in football with the 49ers coming to town. Yeah, I'm really curious. We took down the way that we took down the Rams, and let's not forget the Rams were, you know, Super Bowl contenders last year and went into the Super Bowl. To do what this team did, we're going to talk about it here in a little bit, but it's just amazing on all fronts. Really is. And I can't go without saying happy Thanksgiving to all of you out there, all the BSers out there. Uh, it is Thanksgiving week, so that means we've got a bunch of primetime games this week to go over. I love Thanksgiving football. It's all day long. It's great. You know the other great thing that's going to be like a theme throughout this show, like a sub-theme for all of our fans? What's that? Is all the giveaways yeah. that we've got this week. Yeah, we got some big announcements coming, and uh, I got one here coming in a couple minutes. Uh, and Terps Hoops, man, they're off to a great start uh, as they're now moved up the ranking boards to number five in the country. So with we got their some, fifth win. Yeah, with their fifth win. So we got some stuff to talk about with them. Uh, the football squad, uh, not so much. <laughs> Things are not so great. You as, still uh, uh, recovering from all the. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, we kind of figured. I kind of figured. I got to throw my my uh, co-host under the bus here, Ryan. Just, <laughs> you thought they were gonna win, and not even close, buddy. I'm just gonna say. So did I. So I, I did not have a good uh, outlook on this. So I was like, hey, look, before this game, it's very important to me that we tailgate. There needs to be alcohol involved. <laughs> 
because I need to be able to enjoy myself if I'm going to sit through this entire game. Wait, did you have the bottle that Brian's getting ready to hold up? Were you guys drinking all of this uh, all, all night yeah. all day? So we had two bottles of that at our tailgate. All gone. Both bottles. Crazy. I mean, that, that screwball stuff. Whew, it goes down easy. And then what we did, is we bought a bottle of chocolate milk and mixed Ooh. it with chocolate milk. <laughs> Amazing. We milk. also bought a bottle of rum chata, mixed the two together. Amazing. Wow. Yeah, really, really good stuff. So we got a lot to cover on the show, but before we do too much, I want to remind you guys, if you've ever been injured at work or in an auto accident and you weren't sure who to call, 855-MD-CRASH are the Maryland personal injury attorneys that have your back. If you find yourself in that unfortunate situation, and I know I have, give our team at MD-CRASH a call right away. We all know that the cost of medical bills, lost wages, and pain and suffering can all add up quickly and potentially put you in a bad financial position. If you want a team that will handle your case, big or small, and just give you some peace of mind, save this number now. 855-MD-CRASH. That's 855-632-7274. Be sure to follow them on Facebook, and I mean this. Do this now. We've got a big giveaway coming up in the next week. A uh, giveaway that might have to do with some schmickets to a Thursday night game coming up soon. I don't know. You didn't hear that from me? Yes, you did. Go follow MD Crash on Facebook right now so that way you can keep in tune with the giveaway. Get your chance to enter for the tickets. Gotta be, you gotta like their page. You gotta like the Birdland BS page uh, and more details to come over the next week. I'm just gonna say, I don't ever want to hear the two of you talk about my, my speech impediments there. Hoss. That was intentional, Scott. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yours are not intentional. Shut up, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. It's time for some Ravens flock. <laughs> we got a lot to cover, man. This was uh, this was an impressive game. You know, I don't know. I, I, well, actually, I can say I do know. This team and this organization over the years has kind of taught me to be cautiously optimistic when going into a game so really for the last couple of weeks all these big wins that we've had I've had these games kind of close now I've been on the side of the Ravens I have been picking them to win but I thought all these games are going to be tougher matches than what they were holy cow I don't think anybody expected for us to go in there and for Lamar to do what he did and to blow them out 45 to 6 no like it's <laughs> that's why I said you know in the pre-show they on all fronts they were just pumping away and it was perfect you brought up Lamar the whole offense the offense as a whole was on point in this game um and then you get the the defensive side of the ball they they just came up big as well I mean to, to stuff here's my one cautiously optimistic thing about that is look it was in a, against a Rams team that we know has been struggling on offense. So I'm a little cautious on that part, but it was still a pretty good defensive front considering they had all of their wide receiver weapons back and healthy. Yeah, and I, and I think that was ultimately going to be the biggest challenge for this defense was you had three legitimate good wide receivers that you were going to have to account for uh, on the offensive side. We did everything that we could basically to shut uh, – Jared Goff down yeah. and those receivers down. Robert Woods had some garbage time yardage later on in the game. But, man, this defense as a whole is playing at a whole nother level. I mean, they, they started, just so you know, kind of to put this into perspective, the first four weeks of the season, 
the Ravens were ranked 27th overall in defense. Since then, now, they've brought that ranking all the way down or up, however you want to look at that, right. to the 11th ranked defense in the NFL. And they just continue to go up higher and higher. Yeah. With the, you know, honestly, I'm surprised. I get why it's 11th, but I, I am a little annoyed that it's not higher considering the, the teams that they faced prior to Jared Goff. Right. You know, when you look at the teams that they faced and you sit there and you say they should have been able to to at least put up points and they weren't. Right. That's just what's so frustrating here. Right. No, I completely agree with that. But here's the thing. Aaron Donald in this game, who was the main factor that I think we were all kind of worried about going into this game. He was a there, what? There's there's no yeah. <laughs> there's no arguing. This guy is one of the top three players, overall players in this league, definitely the best defensive lineman in the league. And he was a complete non-factor in this game. Yeah, they they were able to double-team him throughout the game. And and I thought Booger McFarland gave us more than than just, you know, uh, some good some good views of the game. He gave us our title for tonight, by he the did, way. He did, which was beautiful. The <laughs> Wire versus Melrose Place. His name, Booger, just fits him perfectly. <laughs> he is such a goober. The only thing I'll say out of respect to, to Booger was that he owned it. Like, as, as far as all the, the disrespect and, and the, you know, all the kind of, like, sly remarks about Lamar up until recently. Oh, yeah, like he straight he, owned he, it. He took ownership multiple times during this game. And rightfully so, Lamar throws for five touchdowns in this game. Unreal. Yeah, and kind of going back there with the with Donald and or, uh, Arnold and their ability to stop him, it was exactly what Booger was saying. They were attacking Clay Matthews most of the night. Right. Do you ever think we would say that we were attacking Clay Matthews? <laughs> right. I mean, it, just to, to look at it, Dexter Fowler, another name. We were attacking him all night long. Yeah. We were hitting the edge and and double teaming him the all the entire game it was perfect exactly what you wanted to see in this game and, and they really were able to to put it all together on offense Lamar Ingram the wide receiver core the tight ends just this this offense as a whole was firing on all cylinders yeah I think Lamar even said that in his post game press conference that they were firing on all cylinders you know I it got me to kind of thinking last night, right? This was this was the second big stage for Lamar. This was the the second primetime game of the year, the first Monday night performance. Right. Which, mind you, he is the first quarterback in NFL history to throw five touchdowns in his Monday night football debut. Yep. yep. Keyword there, throw five touchdowns <laughs> in his Monday night football debut. But here's the thing, right? Do you remember back in, like, the 90s when – Dallas was kind of the dominant team. They were the dynasty team, and they were quote-unquote America's team. Right, when you had Aikman out there. <clears throat> right. Yeah. It kind of got me to thinking last night. I'm like, all the hype that's coming along with this team is something that we've never been a part of, we've never seen here in Baltimore. Not the not on this not level. The, not, not at this level, not the national attention that it's getting. Mar, you know, Lamar leading Pro Bowl votes, not just by a little, but I mean by a large margin. Yeah. Um, and just to be able to put on that kind of display on a national level, do you think that we could be coming America's team, the new age America's team? Uh, because I, I mean, how many people other than the division rivals, other than like the, the Browns and the Steeler fans, 
How many people out there can genuinely dislike Lamar? Yeah, I mean, I, I get exactly where you're going with this. I, I think it's, if I'm being honest, to, to answer your question, I think it's a little premature. You know, he is in his second year, quote unquote. Right. The first year was not a full year. He made the adjustments. The question will be, no matter how far they go this year, right, how do they game plan for next year? Is somebody able to game plan against them and stop the run? Yeah. But then still be able to stop the passing that Lamar's been able to do. So you have to factor in for both. You've got to be able to, to really nail it down. And that's what's going to be the key is how do people respond, not in the playoffs, but next year? Right. Because if he lights people up next year as well, then yes, I would say you're starting to move in that direction. But people want something they can hold on to, especially when you talk about people who are Dallas fans. Right. Uh, they hold on to things and they don't let go and but they need they need to see a little bit of consistency. That's why it was so it was so well because year after year after year Dallas was Dallas was in the hunt. They had the big names. You had the Emmett Smith, you had the the Aikman. Those are the type of guys that you built that franchise around. Right. We have those here. I I truly think we do. Could this be that case? Yeah, because this is where why did why did that happen? Think about this. And this is harps back to Harbs's point. In that game, uh, I think it was a Cincinnati game when he sat down with Lamar and said, "You imagine all the all the kids wearing number eight jerseys, exactly. and that's how it started in Dallas." I had an Emmitt Smith jersey, right? I had a Deion Sanders jersey. Yep, I had a Deion jersey just because we didn't have a team here in Baltimore. It, exactly, time. and so it, it. Yes, I I do think it is the potential there. Yes, I think you need to see another year of high level success. If you see that, I think it goes to show. Though my one cautiously optimistic thing is he's got that other six games under his belt right versus a guy like Mahomes who's had some slight struggles this year guy right. like golf who's had struggles this year Cam Newton we saw he's he kind of has fallen off the face of the earth I, I don't even put Cam Newton in that class my my point with this is we're kind of seeing a changing in the guard uh, for the NFL, the faces of the NFL are changing. <clears throat> Lamar and Patrick Mahomes are going to be the future faces of the NFL. And to Harbaugh's point about how many kids out there are going to be wearing a number eight jersey, it's not just because of who Lamar is. It's the style of play, the difference that we're seeing. Like I, I, got, a, I got into a discussion with a guy at work about this today. This is basically old school Run it down your throat football with a twist, with a new age twist to it. These This mobile quarterback that has the elusiveness of Lamar and has the awareness and the intelligence to get out of bounds, a.k.a. like a, a running back would. You know, we've seen plenty of mobile quarterbacks, and this is another thing that kind of frustrates me, and I wanted to get your take on this too, is the comparisons. Everybody, you know, anytime somebody talks about Lamar, they want to compare him to Michael Vick. They want to compare him to all these quarterbacks in the past. But stop that nonsense. Like, he's already, already thrown more passing touchdowns this year than Mike, Mike Vick ever did in his career. This year, already. Right. He's still got five games to go. I understand the comparisons as far as speed goes, but he has another level of awareness, football IQ, and intelligence that we've never seen in this game. Well, and that's the thing is, is you've been seeing week after week now, more and more, they've been showing John Harbaugh when he's been talking to him. And, and that's one of the things you're kind of seeing is 
Hardball is taking this approach as like, this is your team, kid. What do you want to do? Right. You know, and and that's really what it comes down to. He's Harbs has the, his stat guy from uh, Harvard or Yale, whichever it was. I think it was Yale. That's that's up there doing the stats for him when it comes to fourth down, right? But that that play where they they had Cook out there, they pull Cook off and put Tucker on, then they call a timeout and pull him off and put Lamar in there. That was him going. Stats are saying it's close. You want it? And he looked. I guarantee you, he looked at Yonda again and said. You want to go for it? Let's do it. And that's a great point. And that backs up my point from last week when I said I think Harbaugh is sitting on top of the league as far as coach of the year. Lamar had five touchdowns in this game. Two of those touchdowns do not happen unless Harbaugh has that guy, like you said, barking in his ear about analytics and has the trust and faith in his quarterback and his team to get those conversions, and then those conversions turn into touchdowns because any other team would have lined up with their field goal kicker and kicked those points. You know what it tells me, too? It tells me that Lamar understands those analytics. I think he's an emotional player, which is good. It, we've needed that out of yeah. the quarterback position. We've said that before. But the other thing that you get here is you get his ability to understand the situational awareness right. of what's happening. Harbs is If Harbs is saying... It's fourth and, and 18. Do you want to go for it? I'm not sure. Well, that's it, analytics aren't going to tell you to go for that. There might be a situation where that does. No, right? I can't I, I'm not that. saying it's going to happen. But my point is, is I think he understands the analytics. It's not all emotion. I think he understands. And the way that Harbaugh approaches him, I, I, I hate to say it this way because it's the only way I can think of, but he talks to him as an equal, not a coach. Right. He talks to him as, hey, dude, this is what everything says. This is what I think. What do you think? That's he the talks approach. to him as if he's a family member. Again, that's what that's what they've all been about this year is family and having fun. And, and they're playing at such a high level now that they have this level of confidence going into these games that allows them to play relaxed. Yeah. Our offenses in the past have never, ever had this kind of confidence going into a game. And you see it. I mean, it's it's all across the board. It's yeah. everybody from the wide receivers to the tight ends to the offensive line, the running backs, and Lamar. They're all confident in their abilities and what they can do as an offense. Yeah, I mean, when you when you talk about this offense as a whole, 480 yards, 195 passing, 285 rushing. Yeah. Those are good numbers that we've been seeing. They put the stat up there. That I think it, the difference game average between passing and rushing on the year, less this game, I want to say it was like a 40 or 50 yard difference. Right. What did we preach? You needed to find a balance. Right. What does that stat tell you? Balance. Did you see the the weird, awkward Lamar gif that they used on Monday Night Football where I he was, was like hovering on a cloud? Was, yeah, he looked I, like Aladdin. It was the weirdest shit I've like ever seen. It was like a yoga. Like, yeah. I mean, I get why they did it. They Prince were like, Ali, oh, it's a balance. <laughs> It was the worst CGI I've seen in like ten years. It was terrible. It was, it was like ninety well, seconds. No, yeah. What was even What was even worse was the the, the Lamar action figure. Oh like, yeah, that, like, yeah. Eh, 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 yeah. Just get a screws. shot of him throwing the ball for real. Come Good on now, but step they, up your game, ESPN. If Burt Lambs can do it, so can you. Exactly. <laughs> but the Golly. other thing is, is in this game, obviously, no turnovers is, is huge, 
And time of possession. We have talked at nauseam on this show about time of possession, but I, you can't go without mentioning this game. 39 minutes and 56 seconds compared to 20 minutes and 4 seconds for the Rams. Yep. Are you kidding me if that's not control? We we heard uh, Judon in his press conference for the defensive side of things talking about, hey, I kind of don't like it when Lamar's doing that. How, how are you supposed to rack up stats when, you, when your offense keeps the defense but off the field? This all goes back to everything I preached last year yeah, about the Lamar effect, right, and how it affects the entire game. Because when you control time and possession like that, it keeps your defense off the field. It keeps them fresh. Everything about this new style of offense, and, and it's only getting better, Meaning their conversions yeah. better. So this that brings up another point. Conversions. When the Ravens were winning earlier in the year, they weren't winning as dominant. And I said one of the biggest concerns, or one of really like if I was pinpointing something that was a concern of mine, one of the areas of concern was red zone play. <laughs> not in this game. Not in this game, and not for the past three or four games. Nope. They've been as efficient as efficient can be. They scored six touchdowns they, in their first six drives. In the past, I think it's now five games. They are the most efficient team in the NFL when it comes into the red zone. <laughs> I want to say it's something like 95% efficiency. Sam Cook has had two punts in the last two games. He's bored. You know who those two punts? Who was at quarterback? <laughs> RG3. It wasn't yeah, Lamar. I know. I know. I know. I know. Like that's how efficient this offense is right now. Yeah. It's 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 insane the difference and and how much better it gets week in and week out. As the competition gets tougher and tougher, this was supposed to be the toughest stretch of games that we have all year. This middle to three quarters of the way through the schedule, 6 to 7 games. I'd say we're doing pretty damn good. Through yeah. seven games. I would agree. I would agree. Now, you had an idea for tonight's show. Yeah, man. So I do want to do that. So we're going to switch something up. I want to do game balls. Each one of us takes a second to give a game ball to either a player, a coach, a an entire group, group if you want to okay. do that. Uh, so I'll start with you, Scott. What are you pulling out now? Oh, he pulls here. out the football. Oh, God. Scott. Who's your game ball go-to for this week? Ooh, for this week, Lamar, buddy. Oh, I was going to say, come on. It's got to I mean, be the obvious one, I mean, right? why? Why wouldn't it be? Why would it not be? The kid sets an NFL Monday night football record for a Monday night football debut in five touchdowns. He throws the ball around a multiple. You had Hollywood who had two. You had uh, Sneed who had two. You had Ingram who had one. But he was hitting everybody on the night. He hit Seth Roberts for a few good shots. He hit uh, Andrew several times. I think he hit Hurst once. He just was able to spread the ball around. And then the fact that he was able to put the moves on and almost have a rushing TD on top of that. Right. Where he got... and. I love his kids, his efficiency in, or not his efficiency, but his, the way he, he gets angry and frustrated with himself. It's awesome. The fact that he's so excited and saying, why didn't I have that? I should have been me. I was there. And so it's just, it's really exciting to see. I love it. So my game ball, it goes to Lamar, buddy. All right, man. Pass it on to Brian. Brian, who Brian's does your Cam game ball go to? Brian's cam's not quite Oh, yes, it oh there oh, we yeah, go. Okay. There it is, Brian. My game ball goes to, and I think it's been kind of underrated, is the defense. I mean, his defense only allowed six points. 
And wow. I, under, I understand that everybody's going to say, well, the Rams are not that good up in office. You know what? They got Woods, and they also had uh, God, Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. And On top of Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Yeah. I mean, they had their plethora of wide receiving core. I think it's the first time maybe all season that they've all been back together. I, I could be wrong. For a, for a while. And you know what? The Ravens went out there. Some Humphreys was a beast. I mean, no matter where he was on that field, he was shutting down that wide receiving core. Not only that, that defense stopped that running game. They only allowed 2.4 yards per carry against Todd Gurley. Right. That's unbelievable. I mean, the guy is a beast. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) really? (laughs) But no, I mean, he, I mean, they shut him down and and even golf looked so, I mean, he just had no time in that pocket. I mean, Judon was a beast and then consecutive blitzes. I mean, they, they had two sacks all game, but I mean, even regardless of the sacks, he just had no time in that pocket. Held him Um, to 22 yards rushing. And, yes, that was Todd. Who? I, yeah, really. <laughs> Not only that, I think they. I think they only had like 200 yards passing. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, it, 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 and a it, lot it, of that came in in garbage, garbage time, time later on in the game. So yeah, my game ball goes to the defense all over the field. I mean, these nice. guys. Good choice. I mean, I mean, even with the linebackers, who I think, to be honest with you, I think that is our weakest part of this defense right now is our linebacking core. But yeah. hey, that, you know what? Touche to the defense. Yeah. You guys busted your ass, and you know what that. Uh, what was it? Um, Ingram said, you know what? We, we should have a couple of goose eggs. And you know what? That is the only thing that wasn't perfect about this defense. They didn't end up with a goose egg. Trust. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoa. All right, Fred, All right, to you, buddy. Red's turn. Oh, yes. that was a perfect pass. Uh, the spiral is kind of like that. Put the cam there, Bri. I got it. So, oh, he's got it. All right. My game ball goes to the offensive line. Again, I said it earlier. To be able to take the defensive I see. I see player of the year for the last two years completely out of the game. The guy only had one assist. He didn't have any tackles. He had one assist in this game. Didn't have any pressures. Never got to Lamar. Mm. And, I mean, the offensive line, the game plan to double-team him. And there was a lot of times that they were single up on Aaron Donald. Yeah. And I mean, across the board, what they do with Donald, they move him all along the line. He's never consistently against one offensive line guy. He's not against a guard. He's not against, he'll go all over the line. And everybody in this game stepped up, including backup center, undrafted <laughs> rookie, yeah. Pat McCarry, after friend of the show, Matt Skura, thoughts and prayers are out there with you, Shout man. out to you, buddy. Hope for a speedy recovery for you. Uh, sad to see you go down, having such a great year. But nonetheless, Pat McCarry comes in, and I'll tell you, they didn't miss a beat. You know, the very first snap, I was nervous to see where the snap was going to go. Because not, not to mention, McCarry hadn't played center since high school. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were going to move Bozeman over, but they didn't. I was like, oh, okay, okay, I like it. He was a tackle and a guard in college. Hadn't played center since high school. Now they work with him in practice and whatnot. He played a little bit of center in the preseason, so he did get a little bit under his belt. But that first snap, I'm like, oh, shit, how's this going to go? Went perfectly. They get a touchdown. And then the rest of the game, you didn't even realize that Matt Skura wasn't there. And no disrespect to Matt Skura, but that's just how next man up and man. Shout out to Pat McCarry. That entire offensive line group, they really, really held it down. And Matt Judon had some things to say. And I tell you what, post game, his comments basically, I couldn't sum it up any better. Let me get this up here. Uh, I think I think our tackles 
are the two best tackles in football. Uh, I think Ronnie and Orlando are playing at a very high level and uh, keeping keeping a pocket clean. But the the three inside guys are moving people off the ball. They're moving people off the ball, and then don't don't diminish our three tight ends and Pat. They are if you go watch the game and just watch those four people, Hayden, Boyle, uh, Mark, and Pat. They're doing some excellent things in a run game that a lot of tight ends don't do. You know, a lot of tight ends don't want to do. And that's exactly right. (laughs) That's exactly right. All of those guys, when you're talking offensive line, especially in this offense, the scheming, the blocking, you can't forget about the tight ends. Everybody, you know, everybody gets excited with what Mark Andrews can do through the air in the receiving game. And rightfully so. Mark Andrews has been phenomenal. He's been a great fit here in Baltimore. But you can't forget the, you know, the Hayden Hurst of the world, the no. Nick Boyle of the world, the Pat Ricard and the versatility that he brings because without those guys, we don't rack up 285 yards rushing against this stout defense. No, it doesn't happen. And, and it was, you know, it was joystick and truck stick with, with Ingram in this game. And he was running over Rams defenders left and right. Really was. And I think I saw somebody chime in, like saying something about that it's six B's. It was Ryan. No, the plan to stop Lamar is six DBs, but six DBs get ran over by Ingram. I was about to say, well, speaking of getting ran over, (laughs) was it just me or did a certain uh, familiar name get ran over a couple of times in this game? He got truck staked once, (laughs) period. (laughs) Eric Weddle. Love Eric Weddle to death. But uh, I think after this year, it might be time to hang it up. He looked bad in this game he's as smart as smart can be he will absolutely be a coach if he wants to when he's done but man he he just really looks like a shell of himself the Ravens got out at the right time with him yeah agreed I mean it was it's his football knowledge doesn't outweigh would he have been a good bench guy I think yeah if he would have taken it but it, it just it's not a guy that you can have out there playing his coverage but I will say this some of the some of the calls and some of the people out there were saying some of the touchdowns were on him right they weren't on him yet again they did in LA what they did here he's out there shifting the defense moving the defense around and that's what catches him out of position yeah so I put it on the coaching again just like it was here in Baltimore it's not the right guy to have when you have a guy that's losing a step to an extent you need to you need to adjust and say he can't be the one moving everybody around. Somebody with a little bit more speed, fine. Let let him tell that guy, and that guy can move everybody around. Right. That's what you need to do. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And it's just to kind of sum up real quickly how impressive this is. What the Ravens have done these past couple of weeks. This was their cons- third consecutive win by thirty four points or more becoming the first team in NFL history to win three consecutive games in a season by at least 34 points. The first team in NFL history. Yeah. I love to hear that. I mean, are you kidding me? Like we couldn't score 30, 30 points if our lives depended on it in the past. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think over the last, what, four or five games now, they have outscored opponents by over a hundred points. Yeah. I mean, that that just goes to show you the level of consistency this offense brings and the level of power. And let's not forget, everybody, and it, it gets diminished, and it's, it's starting to piss me off with guys like Stephen A. They keep diminishing that loss to the Patriots. 
The Patriots have gone up against some good offenses, and that defense has stepped the hell up. Right. We made that defense look silly. Yeah. And it just goes to show you the power of this offense and what they can do. All right, Scott, it's time for the Liquor Stop Brew of the Week. What are we sipping on today? This brew comes from Rogue Brewing Company. This is, so Jerry hooked us up with this in kind of a, a nutty theme uh, with its hazelnut That's brown nectar. Is. Okay. Um, it, it's actually, it's, when you taste it, there is a very like nutty flavor. Like you can taste it like a, you little know, bit, yeah. a pecan style. If you've ever actually eaten hazelnuts, they actually, it actually tastes like that. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but it's a brown ale. Goes really good, you know, with turkey, the turkey, the gravy, all the brown at, on the Thanksgiving table. Uh, that was kind of his thought. So, Go out there to to uh, liquor stop. Get your brew of the week. But I've got other news. Screwball whiskey yet again. We have sold him out. He has said since we started promoting that they have sold out like five or six different times. Right. So keep going. Keep getting that screwball. It's amazing. Uh, I'm trying to convince my mom. So I think you've had it. Actually, both of you have had my mom's peanut butter pie. Oh, good stuff. Good I'm gonna stuff. try and get my mom to put a little bit of like, like an adult peanut butter pie. Ooh. With a little bit of that mixed in there. I, like I think that's going to be really good. But for this Thanksgiving holiday, Jerry has hooked everybody up. Nice. What's he got? You come in this week, you get yourself a craft beer. You're going to find that he's giving you 15% off when you mention Berlin. 15! 15. Trust! <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. He is he is hooking us up. He's hooking you guys up. I went up there uh, when I picked up the beer, grabbed a few beers for this week. Uh, so make sure that you go to Liquor Stop, mention Birdland BS, and that Jerry sent you up there, and he'll give you that 15% off. Ooh, ooh. All right, Scott, it's time for <laughs> Flock Yeah. As we, uh, we move on, man, uh, as big of a win as that was, we are on to the next. And this another thing that I love about this team, man, is they, they really take everything one day, one play, one game at a time. They never look too far ahead. They never get too caught up in the moment. After that game last night, they were excited, but they were you heard Lamar. He literally, in his interview, said, all right, now it's the straightest face in the world, no emotion. Yeah. Good win. We got we got a tough opponent coming up, and you can tell when Lamar talks, it's straight from the heart. I mean, it is. this guy doesn't rehearse anything. He doesn't come prepared with this, you know, made for TV speech or anything. The dude talks like you know, just any other street kid would talk, like anybody. You know, he doesn't he doesn't give you that that coined phrase or no. you know what I mean. Like he's just, I think, like he's legitimate. He's real, uh, and that's just another thing to like about this guy because we got a big one. Coming up this weekend at the bank, a one o'clock game. If you want to talk about a game that should be a primetime game, and yeah. I got to address Mr. Tim, who has been a, a long time watcher of the show. He watched the shows when yeah. we were doing. What's going on, Mr. Tim? Appreciate you When we were doing in. the Monday night stream, he's asking where that happened. Schedules, unfortunately, we were doing a Monday night stream for a while. We talked about going back to that. We might need to again. We might if, do it on occasion. It's, it's kind of tough. Game. Big with, game, with maybe. the way things are right now. But, yeah, yeah, scheduling everything, it just didn't work out. But uh, that's. This is what that game is made for. This is pundits are saying, and I agree with them. I think everybody across the board agrees. This is and could be the game of the year to watch with the way that these two teams are playing, the role that both these teams are on. This is the game to watch. This is, in some people's eyes, 
This could be a Super Bowl preview. This is number one. This is number two. This is a potential rematch of the Super Bowl. Well, this is a rematch of the Super Bowl. Potential yeah. preview for this coming Super Bowl. But let's see. I, you know, I saw Justin in there making some comments about the 49ers being 10 and 1 and us being 9 and 2. Don't get caught up in those power rankings. Don't let that kind of stuff discourage you because you know what? This team isn't doing that. This team isn't getting caught up in any of that stuff. Who gives a damn what ESPN thinks? Who gives a damn what CBS thinks? At the end of the day, we all know as real Raven fans how good this team is. And you know, <laughs> you want to know how I know good how good this team is cuz I'm a fan of football. Yeah, right. And and look, I'm not trying to take anything away from what the 49ers have done this year. 49ers are 10 and 1. Impressive defense, South defense. We got to prepare for it. And they embarrassed the Packers. Yeah, they did. Embarrassed the Packers. They embarrassed Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, he had 40 yards in the first half passing. What? Think about what I what we just said. Look at the stat line. Right. Look at how embarrassed Aaron Rodgers right. is. Right. It just goes to show you this team is still doing well. Right. And this is going to be a tough game to prepare for. It's going to be a tough game. But here's the thing. And I said this earlier. I, I kind of have this predetermined notion to kind of get a little discouraged or think that, oh, you know, the wheel's going to fall off. Like this, uh, th it's too good of a thing. It's all going to come to an end. But when you really look at this matchup, okay, yes, San Francisco is the number one rated defense in the NFL. 100%, and you can't take that away from him. I told you before, Nick Bosa is not only playing at a rookie of the year level, I think he's in the conversation for defensive player of the year. They've got a damn good defense. Here's the yeah. thing. What are we good at? What is our primary objective on offense? What are we great Scoring at? Scoring touchdowns in the no. red zone. What are we great at on Running? offense? Running the yeah. ball. They are ranked 18th against the run in the NFL defensively. Yeah. So, as long as the game plan continues to be something similar to what we saw in this Rams game, where we're throwing the ball 20 to maybe 25 attempts in this game, and we're efficient with those attempts, and we continue to run between the tackles, continue to run aggressively with Mark Ingram, there's nothing that's going to stop this Ravens offense. Well, and if they if they start biting up and they start loading the box, what the hell do you do? You let Lamar let loose just and, like he has been. Exactly, and that's what I mean. You pick your poison when it comes to when you throw the ball, and if they're playing you up, let Lamar make a play call, make, make an audible at the line, and take the top off. And I, I really, like, everything in me wants to be that pessimistic fan and say, no, this is going to be a really good game, and it might come down to the wire, and the Ravens might pull it off on a Justin Tucker field goal and all this. <laughs> when's Justin Tucker? When's the last time he saw the field? I mean, at this point, right? Well, technically Lamar yesterday, was, and then he was pulled off. Lamar was yanking him <laughs> off the field, which was hilarious, by the way. That whole transaction between punter to Lamar or to Justin to Lamar was great. <laughs> um, but my point is, as long as we stay the course and continue to play to our strengths, this 49ers defense doesn't stand a chance. I don't care how good Nick Bosa is. We just saw we shut down the most dominant defensive player for the last two years in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm right there with you. When you look when you look at everything that this this offense has been able to do, and you look at the stats, you know, you bring up the 18th against the run. 
that's what you got to do and you got to continue to do it. But the the pundits are, are going to change, right? The Ravens coming into this, they're, they were favored, uh, I think, as of prior to the, the Rams game, they were favored by four and the over under was 46 and a half. I'll take, take the over. You're 40, taking the over on 46, 46 and a half? And a half I'll take I would the over. too. I would too. And now the spread is Ravens by six. Huh. So based on what they just did, it went up by a, a point and a half. Do you know why? Partially because of what happened last night and how real it is for everybody out there now. That's part of why it went up. Right. The other part is the weather's supposed to be 40 degrees and rainy on Sunday. That usually, right now, yes. that usually bodes better for the team that can run the ball better. So I think that's a factor when they're determining what the spread's going to be, the total points, all of that. So I think if this, well game, if this game ends up being a sloppy game, it ends up being a rainy type of day, that bodes well for the Ravens. I think that helps us pretty significantly. All right. Well, I think they've got a good offense. Don't get me wrong. I think Jimmy Garoppolo's doing good things out there. I think he's good. I don't think he's great. Uh, he hasn't been consistent enough. And I do think they've got a decent set of backs out there. Tevin Coleman's got speed. He can he can make things happen. Uh, you know, they've got a good change of pace of running backs out there. But our defense is just playing lights out football right now. We gave up two field goals in LA to the Rams. Two field goals, no touchdowns. I, I agree. Look, here here's the only thing that the only thing that I would I would agree with the the pundits on the games that they that the Ravens have played against some of the top QBs and that's that those top QBs are just at the peak of their prime or over it in a few cases this is a guy in, in Garoppolo who studied under Brady who studied under Belichick has taken that that winning mentality from everything we've heard and brought it over to San Francisco along with the coaching staff is accepting and letting him take control of this locker room call fairly calm cool and collected but like Brady gets a little emotional at times look you can't look overlook it I I'm not saying overlook it. No, no. I, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm just saying, saying, you are. I'm saying my confidence level going into this game is completely different than it's been in weeks past and years past because I'm trying to get myself out of that that normal mindset of being timid or thinking, the normal mindset of it. This is the game. This is the game. <laughs> waiting for the wheels to fall. Because listen, they put up 30 points in Seattle against Russell Wilson and yeah. the Seattle defense. They put up 37 points against Tom Brady and the Patriots at home, which the Patriots defense at the time was ranked number one in the in the in the NFL. They put up 41 points at home against Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans, and they just destroyed the Rams with 45 points in L.A. Mind you, three of those games, Lamar only played three quarters. He yes. only played three quarters of football. Yes. I see where you're going with this. Look, I I, I get it. I'm just, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here that I, I just don't want people to overlook. Yes, is my confidence high? Yes. But I just don't want to go into a game against a high team and say, oh, we got this in in the effing bag and it's going to be. Oh, a, no, 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 no. It's going to be a blowout. Again. There's a few people. Well, there's a few people that are saying, you know, it's going to be 40 points. And look, I love 40 points. I would love for the Ravens to put up more than 40 points. Do I think they're going to put points on the board? Yes. But the, I expect our other side of the ball and our defense to also put up points and be able to shut down this offense. Yeah. 
if those two things can come into play, yes, the Ravens put up 40 points in this game. I don't know if the Ravens put up 40. I think they'll be in that somewhere in that 30 to 35 range because I think this will be a sloppy game as far as the weather goes. And I think this will be a grinded out, pounded out, run, time of possession, control the clock type of game, which has pretty much been their MO all year. Uh, I don't think we're going to see Lamar slinging it all over the field, throwing for 350 yards in this game. That's not going to happen in this game. If it does, holy cow. If it does, that means San Francisco changed their their game plan against us. Their secondary is legit. Like I said, if you're going to exploit this defense, it's going to be in the run game. Can you imagine to exploit Richard Sherman? Well, (laughs) Richard Sherman. He's been exploited before. He's been exploited before. But he's playing off the charts right now. Where he brings value, where he brings value is... His savvy leadership, his veteran, his football he's smart. He's a super yeah. high IQ type guy. And again, Nick Bosa, with the pressure that he brings, you don't have to cover for very long if you're that San Francisco no. 49ers you know, secondary. But my point is, if we could shut down Aaron Donald the way we shut down Aaron Donald. You should be able to shut down Bosa. I have the confidence in our offensive line they could do the same damn thing with Nick Bosa. As long as they stick with the game, the same game plan, a hundred percent in agreement. So let's uh, let's move to our primetime predictions. And it might not be prime time, but it damn sure it should, should be. be. Let's start with the Ravens game. One o'clock at the bank. Come see me. <laughs> Come see me. Whoop 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 whoop. Trust. Come see me. Trust Fred will be completely at the bank. Believe that. I will be drunk as a skunk (laughs) prior to kickoff. If you're in lot H, come see me. Hit me up on social media. If you don't have my phone number, we'll uh, we'll. we'll I might have to try and find tickets to this game. Maybe I can win some again. I'm right there with you, Scott. All Uh, right. So let's let's start off with Brian. Let's let Brian give his prediction. Tell us a little bit about how you think this game's going to end up, Brian. I think this game's going to be tough. I really do. I think it's going to be a close game. As much as I and Fred, you're absolutely correct. I am very skeptical of this Ravens. I can't get over that fear of just it's just nagging. It's always going to be a close game. And it's always going to come down to a Tucker field goal. I can't get past that. Right. But actually, this game, I kind of got it being a 10-point win. I'm going to take the uh, the Ravens, actually, to win this game 24-14. And I think Lamar may have his best passing game of the year. That's kind of what I expect because they're going to put eight men in the box. And you're just going to see Lamar light it up again. I like so it. That's, that's my prediction. I like that I idea. like it. I like that idea. Scott. What do you got? Uh, I got it being a little bit closer. I got the Ravens winning with the same score, actually, though. 24 points. Uh, but I got it being a little bit closer. Coming down to to a, a Tucker field goal somewhere in the game. You know, he needs to get in there at some point. Um, but I got it being a little bit closer at 24 to 21 in this game. I, I, I played around with this being a higher scoring game. But just overall, when I look at the two defenses, I think... The DBs are going to give him trouble. Is our run game going to do it? Yes, but I still don't know how they're going to be able to. I they saw they they did well against Donald, but I, I want to see them do it again. I want to see a repeat against a premier pass rusher. Right, and if they can do it against Bosa, I'm fully bought in at that point. I just need to see it. I'm not saying I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I just want to see it before I fully. I I, I am like waist deep, getting ready to jump in. You know, to the deep end. Right. I just, I need to see that little bit of consistency. I feel like you said the same thing last week. Stacking wins, stacking <laughs> impressive win after another. They just got to keep proving it to you, Scott. Look, for me, when preseason, when I looked at the schedule, 
Uh, I had this as one of those games that it was a toss-up. For me, it was a coin flip. I knew how good this defense was going to be. I, I thought Jimmy Garoppolo actually was going to be a little bit better than he's been. But the defense has also been a little bit better than, right. than, than I thought maybe. So collectively, they are a really good team. They don't, you don't stumble across 10-1 and one accidentally. It doesn't just happen. No. You're a damn good football team if you're 10-1. and one. But for all my reasons that I've already kind of discussed in this, as far as us being obviously a run-heavy offense first and foremost, right. going against one of the, the, the lower half teams as far as run defense, they give up 111 yards a game. Every team that we've played against, their run rankings as a team – has gone way downhill after they play us, including <laughs> what happened last night to the Rams. 285 yards against the Rams. Yeah. I'm not going to say we're going to put up 285 yards against this, against this team, but I do think that we put up 200 yards plus on the ground, and I think we win this game pretty handedly. I don't have it as high a scoring game as it's been recently, and I think part of that is because of the weather. But I do have the Ravens winning this one, 27-19. By the way, your score there is a push on that over-under. I'm just saying. Is it? I'm just okay. saying. I didn't even look at the totals <laughs> with that. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think you're right on. Let's move to our uh, our Turkey Day game there. Right. And there's we got three games on Turkey Day. Let's start with the first one. At 12.30, we have the Bears taking on the Lions. First of all, why do the Lions always have to play on Thanksgiving Day? Why is that a, like, why is that a tradition? Why is that a, a, a thing? I, from my understanding of the story, and I, I believe you're right. I think, it's, I think it's because if they were one of the, I think they were original, the original franchise. franchises to start that tradition, it, it, along with, I think, Green Bay being the other yes, one. Yes, them, Green Bay, and then the other one, the other thing about it is, I think it's the the working class thing that, okay. that comes into the working class. They're out there. They're celebrating. They've just been so it's bad for so long. It's like, why the hell are they even on? Like the NFL is always it's always, it's always at home man. in Detroit. Yeah. It's always in Detroit. Period. It's always in Detroit. Yeah. So anyway, Bears, Lions. In Who you Detroit. got, Fred? In this game, I, I I think it comes down to you don't have Matt Stafford out there. So the Lions are a shell of what they should be without Matt Stafford. Actually, the Lions. In the beginning of the year, came out the gate strong. They looked pretty good. Uh, but now, with the quarterback shuffle that they got going on there, the Bears' defense starting to amp up a little bit. We saw Khalil Mack get a little bit more involved uh, defensively last week, this past week. Uh, I think Mitch Trubisky does just enough to win like he does when they win. <laughs> he never does anything to blow a team out. He'll do just enough to win this game. I got the Bears winning 24-20. All right, all right, Brian, who do you got? I got the Lions, actually. I don't know. I just don't trust Trubisky yet. I don't know what it is about this guy. It's almost like having Joe Flacco 2.0 out there when you're watching uh -huh. this guy. I don't. He's just plain. I mean, just a plain quarterback they put back there. I, I, I just, I have, I mean, don't get me wrong. The Bears defense is stout. Don't get me wrong. That is one of the best defenses in the league right now. I, even with Matthew Stafford being out, I'm still going to put my trust in the Lions. I know it's hard as it is. <laughs> I'm going to take the Lions. I, I just some reason until Trubisky proves it to me, I'm just going to be a betting man and go against him. That's just that's my theory right there. Trust. <laughs> <laughs> you 
Jesus Christ. Wow. All right, Scott, what do you got? Uh, I, I'm going completely opposite of Brian and agreeing with you, Fred. I've got the, the island, baby. <laughs> I've got the Bears winning this one. Uh, I got it a little bit bigger gap than you did, Fred, uh, but I got 28 17. Uh, I think both these teams are able to put things up. Look, I, it, I agree with you. I'm not the biggest, you know, I don't have the most trust in Trubisky, but he's been helping the Bears win recently. He's trying to prove himself. The Bears defense is still the Bears defense. They show up, and I think they're going to show up against the Lions again, 28-17 for me. All right, midday game, 4.30. This is, I guess, the dinnertime game. It's when everybody's stomachs are going to be full. Uh, should be a pretty good game as you've got the pretty impressive Buffalo Bills. Pretty impressive? Damn eight impressive three. at 8 and 3. Yeah. I mean, considering what we did to them in week one last year. <laughs> Do you remember that? It was yes. like forty something to like six or something. It was just like this. It was it was like the Rams the game. Rams game uh, to go from that to what they are right now. It's pretty impressive. So they sit at eight and three. They go into Dallas, another one of those traditional Thanksgiving Day teams uh, to take on the the kind of railings. Uh, Dallas Cowboys sitting at six and five. You know, Dak Prescott has looked pretty impressive uh, this year, but I feel like Zeke has kind of fallen off as far as production goes, and I think that's hurting Dallas at this point. Um, so I think that this is actually going to be a really close game. Again, going against the Buffalo defense uh, that is one of the top-rated defenses in the league, mm -hmm. presents a lot of problems. We'll probably see a decent amount of turnovers in this game. Josh Allen, I don't know if you've had a chance to actually watch Josh Allen, but... He's I mean, been hitting receivers in stride. Well, not only that, we talk about mobile quarterbacks, obviously, with Lamar Jackson... I think he's like he's got to be the second best mobile quarterback in the NFL right now. Between him and Kyler Murray, as far as mobile quarterbacks, Lamar is on a whole nother level <laughs> as far as mobile quarterbacks right now. But Josh Allen, what he's been able to do on the ground has been pretty impressive. Now, he is exactly why everybody is so concerned about Lamar running too much and getting hurt because he, he takes, takes the those, hits. He takes those. He doesn't hard know how hits. to get the, get the edge and get out to the out to, he, you know to the uh, sideline. He's yeah. a bigger guy, so he's got that aggressive mentality like a Cam Newton did. Who Nick, Cam Newton thought I can just run everybody over because I'm 250 pounds. I can I'm a linebacker. I can run anybody over, which is true. But to an extent, that starts to break down over time, especially again when you're a quarterback. So Josh Allen is a prime example as to why you shouldn't take the abuse and should just you should just get down or get out of bounds. But I do have uh, the Cowboys pulling this off only because they're in Dallas. If this was in Buffalo, I'd go the other way. Ooh. Only because this is in Dallas and they usually do pretty well on Thanksgiving Day. I got the Cowboys winning 27-23. Um, here's the deal. The Cowboys, I think, are one in five now. When Zeke gets the majority of the carries, All right? Jason Garrett doesn't give a shit anymore. He knows he's fired. Zeke doesn't give a shit anymore. Well, see, and they're going to hand the ball to Zeke. Fired because at six and five, as shitty as the NFC East is right now, they're leading the division. You're six, yes, but it's you're six and five, and you started off what they were like four and. Four and one, I think, at one point. Yeah, I think they might have been. Yeah, went through a so they went. They they have fallen off the table very yeah, quickly. I and agree it's with since that. Zeke came back, and that's the thing is when you hand Zeke off to the ball, he's not the same running back that we saw last year. He got paid, 
He exactly. doesn't give a shit anymore. Exactly. And so that's that's what I think is going to happen. You're going to see them do the same things. It's not going to change. And I think the Bills pull this out in Dallas. I've got the Bills winning this 30 to 21. I think it's a no-brainer to me. I think no Garrett brainer. Garrett has shown exactly what I have thought of Garrett. I know you and I have pro- talked about this way back. Thank God he's in Dallas and not here because he would he'd be hung he'd be hung at this point in, he in Baltimore. Be he'd be gone. He'd be gone. He he would have been gone. It wouldn't have happened. So I've got the Bills winning this 30 to 21. You're the tiebreaker over here, Brian. Who do you got, buddy? For Christ's sakes, man. You used to be a San Francisco 49ers fan. How dare you, sir, take the Cowboys? How <laughs> dare you? They're pretty I, good on, on uh, Thanksgiving and, Day. And I I agree with that. But, man, I, I'm i going to take the Bills only for the fact that I just don't trust Jason Garrett. I mean, Jesus, man. You've had every, <laughs> you have the best offensive line in the league, bar none, with the best running back. And I think a above-average quarterback. I mean, Dak Prescott is playing out of his mind right now. This man's going to get paid. $30 million guaranteed coming up per year. And you still find ways to lose. It is unbelievable with yeah. him right you, now. And even the D... De- I mean, yes, the defense is middle of the road. Don't get me wrong. But I think the Bills have a really good running game. I mean, even with Frank Gore, who... Congratulations to him. He just passed Barry Sanders. Yeah. How impressive that was that? Huge. List. How impressive is that? Uh, Frank yeah. Gore. He, he's the funny He's, one. what, 36 now? 37? I feel like he's been playing for, like, 50 years. I mean, he, I, I was, like, a year where I kept drafting him every time in my, in my fantasy draft, and he, you're just like, is he really still around? But anyway, I, I, I just got to take the bills only for the fact that I just don't trust the Cowboys right now. Their, their locker room seems like it's a complete mess to me. I mean, especially with, with the coaching side. I wouldn't say the player side, the coaching side. They're they're just horrible right now. It's like they they don't game plan or they don't know how to adjust in the second half. And with the way the Bills are playing right now, they're they're hot. They're a very hot team. They're kind of flying under the radar. I'm going to take the Bills 30-27. You know I, what, I can't argue with you. You know what Jerry Jones doesn't have for for Garrett feelings? Trust. <laughs> There's no trust there. Good God. There's no trust there. Let me get through with you guys. All right, man. So let's look at the actual Turkey Day Thursday night primetime game in the Saints who are nine and two going up against the completely disappointing yet again Falcons who are three and eight. They'll be in Atlanta for this game. When I look at this game, it is it is a no brainer. Do I think from what I've seen from the Saints defense, there are some holes in the Saints defense. They've given up a lot of points right. to not so good teams over the past several weeks. Right. Um, and I see, I think you see that continue. I think you see a little bit of resurgence uh, from Matt Ryan in Atlanta. Uh, you know, I'm sure that Jess, your wife, is is hoping for that. As uh, that she is, <laughs> she, catching... she, she loves him in fantasy. Uh-huh. Uh, but I don't see them being able to pull this out. I think this is a breeze win here. 28-21 Saints in this game. Uh, I, I just don't see them being able to, to contain, and the Falcons being able to contain Breeze in this offense. Uh, but I also don't have the most faith in the Saints defense right now either. Fair Brian, points. who do you got? Brian, who do you got? I got the Saints in this as well, man. It, it, there's something that is about the Saints where it's hard to pick against them just because they're offense. I mean, as long as you have Drew Brees, it's almost like Tom Brady. I mean, these two guys are just unbelievable. It's hard to bet against them. And to me, even the Saints defense has been really remarkable. The resurgence of the Saints defense within the last maybe two years has been very, very good, and they're playing stellar right now. I have to go with the Saints 34-10. to 10. I don't think this Shoo! team is close at all. Wow. There, there is no saving Matt Ryan in this game. Sorry, Jess, I know that's your <laughs> fantasy team name, but I think he, he's going down, baby. 
Uh, all right, man. So for me, uh, you know, the, the the Falcons are tough to figure out. Obviously, they lost Devontae Freeman. That was a big blow for them in the running yeah. game. Uh, they don't have Tevin Campbell. He's now in San Fran and coming here to Baltimore this week. Uh, they look like a team that either they, – they have these weeks where it's like, oh, they took their meds today. <laughs> they played good. <laughs> they played good football. And then they have these days where they just – they didn't take their meds and they look like complete shit. Uh, and <laughs> that is a great comparison that right is there. That's a good analogy. I man. mean, honestly, that's that's what it's been like this year. So – the Saints, this is kind of where they start getting into playoff mode, and this is where they start gearing Buckle up. down. Yeah, uh, Michael Thomas is doing unbelievable things out there in, in New Orleans right now. Um, you know, Kamara, he's that versatile, catch it out of the backfield, run it, you know, running around the edges type back. He's, he's the guy that you always have to account for. Uh, and then to your point, Drew Brees, first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, top 10 quarterback of all time, in my opinion. Uh, I think the, the Saints win this one. I do have it a little bit of a closer game, but I do have the Saints win in 34-27. Sean Payton, potentially a first ballot Hall of Fame coach. Oh, very oh, well. Doubt. Very another, well. Another doubt. piece to remember there. Yeah, for sure. All right, so Sunday night football. We take the 10-1 and Patriots as they go into Houston and take on Deshaun Watson and the 7-4 Texans. I'll start this one off. So this is one of those games that the Patriots have a pretty – I don't want to say an easy schedule because they've got this game and they've got the Chiefs. Outside of that, they've got a pretty easy schedule. This is one of those games where, I, where if the Ravens want to be the one seed and they want to take over that first round by and have home field advantage through the playoffs, this is where, this is where I think we might see a stumble. But it's Tom Brady and it's Bill Belichick and it's the New England Patriots. And every time I pick against them, they prove that they're Tom Brady and Bill <laughs> Belichick and the-, and the New England Patriots, right? So I'm going to reverse things here. I'm going to pick the Patriots in hopes that the Texans win. Reverse psychology. Yeah. Reverse like psychology. This, I got the Patriots winning 30 to 27. Come on, Texans. I sure as hell hope so. Uh, but look, I got to go with the Texans in this game. And, and I... I say that because the Texans, I think they can, they've had the, the Patriots. I'm not going to say their number, but they've been able to figure them out the past few times they've played. Past few times these, these teams have played, it's come down to one score. Okay. Minus JJ Watt, I know that's a big concern, but it's not like um, Tom Brady and this offense have really been putting up major numbers this season. They haven't had to in retrospect because their defense has played so their well. Their defense has been stout. I get that. But minus the Ravens game, the Texans have been putting up points. They've yeah. been putting points on the board. Through the run game, through the passing game, it's all been working. And not to mention, the Texans are playing for a division title. You yeah. know, they're trying to, to supplant uh, the Colts. The Texans, and the Texans, when you look at that, they started off the year, eh. Right. And they caught they caught fire. Minus the Ravens game, they caught fire. You had the pick that clicked this past week with the Texans winning their game 24-21 is what you had. The final was actually 20-17. They've been put points on the board. The Patriots over the past, I want to say it's six games, they've made they've scored more than 20 points one time. Okay. Good stat. One time. Good stat. So when you look at this, I think from everything I'm seeing. I think the Texans are going to be able to outplay them, but just barely. 
I've got the Texans 24-13 in this game. Nice. Brian, what do you got, Brian? Do you got? Yeah, I don't see this being a close game at all. I just think that the Texans are going to come out and be the offensive juggernaut in this game. I mean, like Scott, you were saying, there's nothing that really scares you about the New England Patriots offense. I mean, outside of Edelman. I mean, if you can shut down Edelman... What and I know they just right now Sanu. they don't have any weapons. I know right. they just got yeah. Sanu, but Sanu they got Sanu. He, he's Nikhil right Harry now. just made his debut. You know, but, so they've got some pieces, but they don't have that downfield threat. Not like the Texans do. Right, and I get it that you're you're right, Scott and, and Fred, that the Patriots have a very very good defense, but they're very vulnerable in the backfield too, and and the Ravens did get a chance to expose that as well. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to come out. And maybe it's because, you know, I got somebody on my fantasy team, too. So it's wishful hoping. <laughs> I mean, Hopkins, come on, dude, please. That, Jesus. And, and to Justin's point, I was man, uh, say. that Hopkins and Gilmore yeah, match yeah, is going to be fun to watch. Yes, it will. It'll and he, think, he thinks Hopkins is going to get 100 yards on Gilmore. Wow. And, I, and, and I'll even say he I'm gets for two, it. And I don't even think he gets two touchdowns in this game, too. I just it, nice. I think it's going to be a match, but Ooh. I think Gilmore's going to suffer. But I, I also, it's hard to say because, like you said, like Fred was saying, it's hard to go against the Patriots. It really is because I've had that problem in the past, too. You go against the Patriots, guess what Bill Belichick says to go, ha ha, look what I just <laughs> right. did to you. It never works what? out well for me Gibbs, when I go against them. Give Slapshot with the back of the head, <laughs> right. and then you're just like, what the hell was I thinking? But I really do think that the, that the Texans have something to really play for because the Colts are breathing down their neck. Yeah. So they need this game more than ever. I mean, the, the Ravens game was an important win, and, of course, I got blown out. But this game will, in my opinion, defy the season for the Texans. If they don't win this game, I don't know if they win the division. So I think there's that that necessity to win for the Texans, and that's why I'm going to take them 28-17. All right, man. And then in the final, final primetime game of the week, it's Monday Night Football. You got the Minnesota Vikings sitting at 8 and 3 going into Seattle to take on the 9 and 2 Seahawks. For me, this is probably the prime time because the Ravens aren't prime time. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is the prime time game this of the week. This is the second best game to watch of the week. This is definitely the second best game of the uh, of the week to watch. Uh this is going to be a tough one. This is going to be a grinded out uh you know, strike for strike type matchup. Yeah. I think this Vikings offense has been pretty damn good this year. Delvin Cook, for me, is right there. I'm not going to say he's up there with Lamar as far as MVP consideration, but he's definitely in the conversation as far as running backs go. That's the kind of year that Delvin Cook's yeah, having. Yeah. Um, and then ever since the mutiny in the locker room with the wide receivers kind of calling out the offensive coordinator with not taking enough shots down the field and Kirk Cousins not really performing well, well, that whole offense, from a passing standpoint, has taken on a whole new look. Uh, it sounds like they're going to get Adam Thielen back this week. So if they do get Adam Thielen back, they've got Stefan Diggs out there. He a Terp. <laughs> got a couple of, of really good weapons out there that's going to put you know some challenges for the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks do enough, and they win on a field goal at the end of this game. And I only give it to them because, again, they're home. Seahawks win 28-27. Okay. I've, I've got it being the other way. I've got this as a Vikings win on the road. Wow. Because Thielen's coming back. Okay. Right? Because with Thielen coming back, if he's, if he's truly 100% or somewhere close to it, he can impact this offense greatly. You, you pull the double team that they're putting on Stefan Diggs right now. And, and just overall, this offense has been able to run. I mean, who would have thought that you would be saying the Vikings right now would be eight and three? 
Right. I'd have maybe, maybe said six and five. I thought they were a 10 and six, nine and seven type team overall for the year going into this season. Really? Yeah. I would have not have put them there. Right. I would have, I would have put them as an eight and eight, maybe, maybe a nine and seven team. Um, so I, I, I'm really surprised right now that they're eight and three, honestly. Uh, but the way they've been playing, I'm not going to ignore that. And I think you see this, it's a close game, but I got it the other way in the last second in the, it's actually a Kirk cousins to Adam Thielen touchdown. Okay. And I think it's going to be a final of 30 to 24 Vikings on the road in Seattle. All right, Brian, you're the one that's got to break the ice. We got one here on one side and one on the other. Who you got in this game? Really, Fred? You can't read my mind? I mean, come <laughs> on, man. We, we, we've Christ. been so close all year that I, I, I'm sorry. I just don't see the Vikings going on the road hey into Seattle to win this game. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a touchdown difference. I'm going to take the Seahawks 21-14, and I think you're really going to see that MVP, uh, you know, uh, scenario really heat up with Russell Wilson. I think you're going to see him just have another dominant game like he's had all season long. So I'm taking the Seahawks 21-14. I like it. Hi, right, Brian. It's time for a social media shout-out. Who have we seen on Twitter? Who have we seen on Facebook, YouTube? What questions do we have? So let me run this down real quick. I got Pop. I got Justin Pop. Marshall, Jessica, Taylor, there's Tyler. Tyler. Damn it, I did it again. Deshaun, <laughs> Mark, Samuels. What happens when I get a get a week off? Brady, Joe Carlozo, uh, Chrissy, Mr. Tim, Kells, Chris Walker, and Sherry. That's who I got out there chatting it up in the chat room right now. So, and it's funny, we were talking about where we thought that the uh, the, the, the MVP of last game was. It was a lot of the offensive line. It was right. unbelievable how much people were like, it's the offensive line, it's the offensive line. Just being able to give Lamar time to survey the field and you know uh, I forget who it was in the chat room said that you know that's one thing Joe Flacco could really never do was he saw only half the field Lamar is actually seeing all the field I mean he's he's like a field general out there and if there's nothing there he takes off but um but the the one thing that was funny we were talking about uh Mark said this is a man the the wire comment upset a lot of people in Baltimore you know what grow a damn thick skin seriously if that (laughs) if that upset you well, and he, it, be thing, proud of I mean, what it was. On. It was a damn good HBO and, show. And the thing, the thing about that too was the comment. They and they said the comment was about the fact that you know it, this is a tough grind them out type game. They're gonna they're in, in your face. They're a pound you. That's what the wire was. The, the quote unquote wire was about was right. the hard nosed t- lifestyle in in Baltimore. He at was that time. he was basically just comparing it. He, the drugs and all the violence and all that shit's one thing that goes on the wire. He was Hard comparing versus snooty. He was basically <laughs> comparing blue collar versus the snooty Hollywood yes. personality and lifestyle out there. That's all it was. But nonetheless, soon as he said that on air on Monday Night Football, I was like, my job is done. I don't need to come up with a show title at all. I, I didn't even That's hear it. it. The, I didn't even hear it the first time. But then he said it again. I'm like. Oh, holy hell, he said it again. I can't believe this And they guy. referenced it, it like three different times. It I mean, awesome. it, it, it was like literally as soon as he said it, I'm like, there it is. Show <laughs> title done. Any other uh, good comments or so, questions so out there? So one of the other ones that, that I've seen a lot out there was just, and you guys can can speak this, is just yeah. how 
genuine Lamar Jackson is. I mean, you saw him in the, the Rams game where he literally thought he could run for a touchdown every time he took off of the ball, and you've seen him smacking his helmet. Yeah. How? I mean, have you seen any other quarterback in in our times that of, of watching NFL to be so genuine, just be so passionate. humble and passionate about the NFL Yeah, right so now? it's on a different level, and I'm not comparing the two athletically or anything, but – Brett Favre and the emotion that he showed on the field as far as, like, you could just see he was a ball player. Like, he loved the game of football. That's how I compare Lamar's passion. It's like that he just genuinely loves football. He loves his teammates. uh, And he holds – he's his own big critic, his own biggest critic. When he doesn't do something well, he's not pointing the finger at anybody else. He's not blaming anything else. He shoulders that himself. Uh, there's just so much to like about and this kind of that kind of that point, you know, Favre, Favre's the same way in that he's as hard on himself as he is on the guys around him, if not harder. And that's to your point. Yeah. He he gets upset with those guys. And I've seen Lamar. We saw Lamar with the false start the one time or not the the the, uh, the time where they couldn't get the snap off. Right. And he went over to Skura. He was really angry. You could tell he's frustrated with Skura. But he went over to Skura. He was like, I got it. Sorry, man. And then he kind of said afterwards. Look, we didn't get the play call in. I didn't get the call done fast. And he put it on himself. And to that point, that's where even when it is ultimately someone else's, you know, fault, he, he's kind of taking that. And that's why That's what a leader te- does. Th- yeah, and man. exactly. And that's why his teammates love him. Yeah. That's why there's trust. <laughs> <laughs> this kid is 22 years old. And he has earned the respect of the likes of Marshall Yanda, a guy that will be a Hall of Fame player at some point in his life. It might not be a first ballot Hall of Famer because guards very rarely get in first ballot. He will be a Hall of Famer at some point. And he's earned the respect to the point where I haven't seen Marshall Yonda this youthful and having this kind of fun ever. No. And to your point of looking at guys that are, that are veterans, let's look at Mark Ingram for a second. And I've said this before. Who did Mark Ingram play with? Drew Brees. Is Drew Brees a first ballot Hall of Famer? 100%. This kid in, what, 11 games now, has earned the hype and the respect of that guy. The guy that played with a guy that's a first ballot Hall of Famer, Mm -hmm. that thinks this kid is the future, that thinks this kid is amazing. I can remember going into this year, when we lost all the veterans that we lost, and I remember our biggest concern being like, who's veteran leadership? Who's mm-hmm. going to be the leader in the locker room? Like, where's the voice going to come from? And and where's it's it's been a collective thing from the entire group and everybody top down has bought into the direction. Everybody's talking and everybody's bought into. And I, I know at some point the national media with all the same repetitive questions is probably going to get on certain people's nerves and get annoying and that kind of stuff. Because yeah. if you watch these interviews that it's they the do same interview over and over and over the again, same interview over and over again, we've never been <laughs> like we've never seen that. You know, here on the local level, but now we see Mark Ingram last night, five different interviews, <laughs> the five same questions, repetitively, repetitively, repetitively. Five different times. Trust. Whoa, whoa. Exactly. I mean, I'm gonna have to like cut you off with that button after God, a certain man. point. You give him a doorbell, he hits it a thousand God, times. You have to put that over here. Hey, it's like you and the shimmy. Hey, I only did it once an episode. Come on, once man, you gotta do it again. Come on, the nah, fans want it. We'll oh. throw that in when we get it, when we need it, when it's the right time. But no, nah, I mean, it's just. 
there's there's so much to like about this kid, uh, and it's not just as a fan. Obviously, everybody in that organization. By the way, him. Mark said it five times, so I got to do it five times. No, that's no, all. No, no, we don't. Mark, we don't need to. Moving on, Scott. It's uh, time <laughs> for some you. turtle talk. As uh, the Terps, we're going to switch this up. We're going to talk positive about the Terps. First and foremost, we're going to talk about the Hoop Squad. Hoops. Hoop it up. They moved to number five in the AP poll. Five with a 74-55 to 55 win over Fairfield last Tuesday and then an 86-63 to 63 win over George Mason on Friday. Huge, huge victories for this team. Look, there's... <clears throat> There's a lot to be excited about with this team, but there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered with this team. So I've told you multiple times, I'm not a huge fan of the rankings. And yeah, it's exciting that they're the fifth ranked team in, in, in you know all of NCAA, and that's great. But at the end of the day, what you're trying to see is you're trying to see the youth, the rotations, the depth, and some of the guys that once big play, once Big Ten play, probably get started. You won't see a whole lot of minute usage out of. You want to see them get the experience and see progression, and we're starting to see that with this young team. You are the rotation's kind of coming out really well. Um, the biggest concern is the fact that we have guys as a team. This team's shooting forty percent from the field. From the field, still. Yeah, that's a concern. We're rushing the shots. We're taking too many shots too early and missing instead of looking and, and keeping the guys down low and having them hit the big shots. I mean, when you look at this game, sticks, 12 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists. Not a bad line. Not bad. But I would expect a little bit more. Well, again, I I think what, what Turgeon's doing right now is he's bringing a lot of guys in and working through rotations to see who gels well together, who plays well together. So some of those minutes are being kind of spread out amongst some guys that potentially won't be playing down the road because he wants to see what he has. And right now, there are some areas of concern. For me, the two areas of concern are shooting from three. We're not shooting well as a team, not just as certain individuals. We're not shooting well as a team from three. No. And then the lack of power presence down low. Obviously, Sticks is supposed to be our big guy, right? He's, you know, long gone is Bruno. We got to move on from Bruno. Bruno's not coming back, Ryan. <laughs> so Sticks, it's, it's now his role to play that 4-5 position and really be that dominant force down low, and we haven't seen that out of him. He's a great shooter. I get that. He can take those 10 foot, 10, you know, 10 to 12 foot jumpers and make them all day long. Right. But the problem is when you're playing against lesser opponents like this, when you're playing against smaller opponents, opponents, you should be enforcing your will. And he put all the time in, you can see it in his upper body specifically, all the time he put in and all the weight he put on and all the strength that he put but on, he's but he's still not using it. And and Ryan and I, we talked about this on the show, on our uh, Shell and Tell show the other day. That was a good episode, by the way. Appreciate that. It's just his lower half hasn't developed as much as his upper half. So he's not using that strength in his legs, doesn't have that strength in his legs. You, know, you see the pictures of guys that go and work their upper bodies and they got the sticks <laughs> the for chicken legs. legs. The chicken <laughs> legs. Yeah, that's still kind of his, his mentality uh, or his body form. So I do want to see some improvement there. The Mitchell twins, the two freshman twins, uh, when they've gotten minutes, they've been impressive. They show the ability 
to play that power ball down low, the big post game. It's just yeah. the inexperience once we get to Big Ten play kind of worries me a little bit with those guys. Well, and see, that's the thing, though, is is having these guys come in and be able to do that. You know, you, you bring up the Mitchell brothers. Makai, in this game, in 10 minutes, had 12 points and eight rebounds. Pretty good. Mind you, Sticks played for 25 minutes, had 12-10-2. Yeah. So uh, this kid has the ability, has the power to do it. Makai, we've seen a little bit more out of Makai than we have Mikel. And so I, I think we continue to see them more, continue to see them gel, kind of to your point, him figuring it out. The one thing that's the big question mark, and I thought it was a great point in your, your uh, Shell and Tell podcast this past week, is how well, once he's back healthy, does Shoal Mariel fit into this rotation? Yeah, I mean, that's still a ways down the road. Um, and it does, Joel, but... Show as big as he is, I mean, he's seven foot one, I think, or maybe even seven foot three. He's tall as hell. But he's isn't he only like two ten. He's, he's very, very thin. So yeah. he's going to be good on the boards. But you get some of those bigger bodies down there that got that lower half that can really enforce their will. I worry about him and obviously having the 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 shin issues and that kind of thing. Come down it, hard on an ankle or something. It's going to be a progress. We probably won't see him until late, late maybe even close to like Big Ten tournament time if he does come back at all this year. Um, and then it's going to take him a while to get acclimated, you know, kind of get back into game shape, that kind of thing, and, and be ready to right. step in. So I don't know how much of a role he really plays this year. So I think I'm, you know, Chole for me is an added bonus. Right. I'm kind of rolling the dice with what we have right now. And we have a great nucleus. But they're struggling. The team's getting off to very, very slow starts, which has been a little bit of a concern. But I think the bigger area of concern for me, again, is the three-point shooting. You're, if you're going to take that many shots and you're going to shoot that much from three, you've got to be efficient with it. Eric Ayala. Uh, you, you took the name right out of my mouth. One of Ryan's best players. One of Ryan's favorite players. He's shooting 22% so far from three. That's a problem. Yeah. That has to improve. And not, not only just that, but in 25 minutes in this game, eight points, one rebound, three assists. When he's getting the ball, he's not taking valid shots, and it's not working. Another guy that in this game against George Mason specifically that really struggled was Morcel. Yeah. 21 minutes, two points, five rebounds, two assists. The five rebounds, okay, yes, he contributed to the, to the rebound game. But in this game, I cannot be happy with two points out of Marcel in 21 minutes. I want to say he shot 30% from the field. I could be wrong on that. I, th I know that you're kind of going and looking at yeah, it Yeah, because that's that's surprising to me if that, it was that bad. I'm going to go look at it now. Go ahead and, and keep going. But no, so that that's another. And then another guy that, that needs to step up a little bit more, uh, a guy that I would have expected to kind of put up the the numbers that we saw Makai put up was Dante Scott. He comes to this game 16 minutes in this game, seven points, five rebounds out of him. He's a big forward. I expect him to be able to kind of get down there, get low, and see what's going on. Was that, was that the stat line? Yeah, okay. so two points, man. I, I just I don't remember him struggling like that, but damn, he did. And that, that's been the guy that we've been singing well, this praise the most so far this year is, is he's that – He's that glue guy. He's what was that, his percentage from the field in that game? Uh, I want to say it was like I want to say it was like thirty percent. It doesn't show. It doesn't show. No. Okay, yeah, but no, it's it just that's my thing is that you have guys you have guys that are ste stepping up, you know, or I'm sorry that aren't stepping up in Marcel Ayala, but 
I give credit to the guys that are stepping up, like Cowan, like we expect him to, 16 points, one rebound, one assist, and Wiggins playing in this game. 15 points, three rebounds, one assist in this, this game for Wiggins. This was that game I needed to see out of Wiggins because he's the, he's the guy that I think can really carry this team. If he can kind of get hot and get rolling, yes. he's a guy that I think will kind of start climbing up the, the draft prospects as far as NBA goes. Between him and Sticks, they're the two legitimate NBA prospects on this roster. And Aaron Wiggins, again, started off the year slow, so I was kind of worried about where he was going with things. But again, it's a small sample size. We're talking about five games. But Wiggins shot the ball really, really well in this game, and the, the Terps are doing what they're supposed to do. Yes, they're getting off to slow starts in these games, but after halftime, they're putting these games to rest. And again, we're seeing guys come in, scout team type guys, that are getting these last four and five minutes in a game. They, they will never see the court come Big Ten play. By the way, I just looked it up. Marcel was one for seven from the yeah. field. Ouch. Yeah. 15%. You cannot have that out of a starter. Period. Period. So. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the football team. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we have to. <laughs> <laughs> As they get destroyed. Do you, wait, wait. Do you want to drink more well, I was gonna before say. you? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes. there we go. Take a shot, friend. Cheers, guys. Go. basketball Cheers. and not football. Oh. <laughs> like I said, I went to this game, as always, with my buddy Ryan, and I had a bad feeling about this game. He did not. And I told him. So, wait. He was if, happy drinking before the game, and you were sad drinking before the game? Uh, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so okay. I, I basically I told him, right. like, hey. <laughs> If we're going to go to this game, there needs to be alcohol involved. We need to get there early. We need to tailgate. We may have taken it a little too far with the alcohol. Little. Some a little bit more than others. I'm not going to call anybody out, but uh, it was a, uh, a rough night. Not was just that his way of avoiding calling, calling himself out? Or was, or was that Ryan? I'm not sure. <laughs> Neither one of us. Oh, I'll just leave that there. Okay. I'll just leave that there. Okay. But, uh, it was a uh, it was a rough rough game, not just on the field, but for us <laughs> off the field. Uh, but yeah, fifty four to seven. I, like I said, I didn't think this was a game that the Terps were going to win, but I never saw this sloppy of a game coming because this was <clears throat> this was one of those things where even the one bright spot on this Terps team this year, Javon Leak. He's averaging like seven at seven and a half to like seven point eight yards per carry. He's in the top three in the nation as far as yards per carry. He did have a big touchdown in this game, but even him That was in garbage time. Right. No, I, I agree with that. It was in garbage time. But even he had three fumbles in this game. Completely unlikely. Yeah, I mean it's it's what you said. You brought up the, the TD, so I gotta I gotta ask because this was on my mind. This game the TD came with 3.13 left in the fourth, yeah. first off. The over-under on this game was 64, by the way. Was this a way of potentially getting the over? It sounds stupid. Was this a give-me TD? No. No, I, you know, I don't buy into that, that, like, that people do that kind of stuff. Are you talking about, like... Nebraska gave it up intentionally so that they would get the over. Is that what you're saying? Well, it came. It was. Cl it was closer to the over. It, yeah. They didn't. Get, they didn't quite hit the over. They I don't were, know. They were I, off I the don't over get by. involved in that kind of stuff. I don't think that that's. I don't know. I, it could be a part of it. I don't know. I don't really pay attention to it or give it much thought. But uh, so to Justin's point. Justin's asking about uh, what can Maryland do uh, as a program. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like it might be a long time. Didn't recruit. Leave at halftime. Heard he was just walked out. Yeah. So. 
There have been. There have been a few recruits over the last couple of weeks that have either reconsidered, uh, decommitted, uh, and decided to move on. And you know what? At the end of the day, those guys weren't completely invested into this program and invested to what Mike Loxley is going to do. The things that we need to realize and remember as Terps fans is that this is going to be a process, right? All of these recruits outside of a very small portion uh, that came in this year are all out of Loxley's hands. Like these are all recruits from the previous regime. So all the, a lot of good ones made their way out of this program and into the NFL last year and the year prior. I think you say a lot. I think Definitely a few have, have kind of made their uh, their transition, few, especially on the offensive line. That's huge when you're talking about a team that was supposed to be predicated around the run, right? So that's a huge, huge loss for them, having all those offensive linemen go. Again, you're talking about an org- a, a university that has the black eye with everything that went on last year. So there's there's so you're, many things. This is not something that is going to be but, fixed in a year. But hang on a second, because you're also talking about a university who was literally an overtime throw away from a bowl game against Ohio State. And, and that's I get what you're saying, but there's not it's not like this was a completely untalented team. There are still a lot of pieces that played in that game that are still there at Maryland as we speak. And that's my concern is it started off looking okay. My only concern is, and you've brought this up, so I'm going to use your own previous points against you. I have some concerns. They're not red flags yet, but I have some concerns on the coaching choices. Yeah. Right? Not just from from the defensive side of the ball, but the offensive side of the ball as well, which is supposed to be the forte and why we grabbed Loxley for his recruiting and his offensive mentality that he had at Alabama. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely things that I don't like so far that I've seen, but I'm not ready to throw in the towel on Mike Loxley and say that he's not the right guy, that he's not the right fit. To to, to give him one year and half a year, really, essentially, at that point in recruiting – you and and to try to judge him based on that, honestly, it's it's unfair. It's unrealistic. Like, yes, this has been a, a an unbelievably disappointing year. The and the Terps have been embarrassed multiple times, a couple of times on national TV. But there are pieces here. There are some good pieces that have come in and some show and some shown some signs of of life. We've got some really good recruits coming in, a few extra pieces that have stayed on board and have, yes, b- have been bleeding I, Terps pride. They have been. I, I'll give you credit. Nick Cross has been a big promoter for this team. That's one like fear, and I know you guys talked about it on the show. That's the one thing you're like, yeah. Nick Cross, please don't leave. I'll start panicking if, if guys like Nick Cross, Lance Lejean leave, Ruben Hippolyte decommits, but, that kind of thing. But to, to our point, and look, we aren't, we, aren't, we aren't NFL coaches. We aren't college coaches. But what did we call for last week? What did we want to see? We wanted to see Lance Lejean start this game, right? right. What happens? Josh Jackson starts the We said game. that that was going to happen. Correct. But now, this is where my point that I made last week, you can go back and listen to it, guys. I said, 
It's a different mentality for a quarterback when you're fighting from a from a deficit and you're trying to get your team back into it. I agree with that. When did he bring them in? When they were down 24 to nothing. When it's still in the first half and they're able to potentially bring this team a little bit closer to a win, you put a little bit more pressure on the QB. What does he do? He gets a little bit more aggressive than maybe he should have and takes a helmet to the hand and now he's out. Right. He should have started the game. Let the kids start. And that's that's where my concern comes in because it's things like that. It's that mentality to say, well, I'm, I'm going to start Josh Jackson because he's our QB and he, we need to see what he can do for next year. I don't give a shit what Josh Jackson can do next year. If Lance LeJean shows up Josh Jackson in this game by starting this game and lighting the world on fire and he does it next year, let him freaking do it. I'm tired of this stuff. That's my one concern. That's my one problem with what we're seeing right now. And I question from what I've seen over the past six weeks. My question is, who's really doing the offensive play calling? Because I don't think it's locks. Two-minute warning. All right, Scott. It's time for the two-minute warning. Brian wasn't here for the new two-minute yeah, warning. Yeah, you weren't here for last week's oh, uh, new so rendition it, of the two-minute so warning. So we're changing things? What's yes. going on here, Slightly. Man? Slightly. Fred will explain again for our viewers. <laughs> yeah, so for you that didn't tune in last week and see the differences in the two-minute warning. Did you warning, wait? Hold on. Did he really just go Pittsburghanese? Did I say use? He yeah, said use. he did use. Jesus. <laughs> What's like, a use? I heard it. And like, it Whoa. Yeah. No, no, no. For use. No. We're going to cut use that later and use it against him. Good. <laughs> oh, man. Don't ever do that For again. For you that didn't tune in last week and see the difference in the two-minute warning, we're trying to go almost like PTI-type style here uh, where we're both okay. involved. We're going to bring up two topics, uh, and each of us will get about 30 seconds to kind of give us our opinions on those two topics. And you're going to start by reading the question, and then once you finish the question, the two-minute warning will start, and I'll give my first answer. Yep. You'll give All your right. answer, then you'll ask the second question, and then I'll give my answer, and you'll give your answer to finish it out. All, All right, right so I'm going to ask the question, and then when I say start the two-minute warning, start it. All right, Scott, so if you didn't see this, and for those out there that you didn't see this, Dwayne Haskins got his first win as a Washington Redskin. <laughs> did, did the Washington yeah. Redskins get the first and win at home this year? Yeah. <laughs> so after, uh, well, after the game was in the bag, but before the clock had <laughs> ran oh, out, I'm sorry. Dwayne Haskins decides to run over and take selfies with a fan. Yeah, I saw this. The coach is like, where the hell is Haskins? The interim coach. <laughs> they had to bring in Case Keenum to take a knee <laughs> to rot, go into victory formation. Do you see a problem with this? Start the clock. I don't see a problem with this. And for you guys that seem to have a problem with this, F off. The kid's having fun. He just got his first NFL win with a team that's not going anywhere. Look at this. This kid is excited. He's having fun. He's engaging the fans Hmm. I think we have a quarterback in Baltimore that's doing that, and he seems to be doing pretty well. Just saying here, you got to let the kid have his time. I'll tell you who's got a problem with it. It's this guy. Dwayne Haskins has been a jackass since day one, whoa, and whoa, he continues whoa, to be a jackass. Oh my God. 
I'm an Ohio State fan, but first and foremost, I'm a Terps fan, and he committed to the Terps and turned his back on the Terps to go to Ohio State to then just he's he's always been about him and himself. He's never been taken too seriously. God, I can't stand that guy. Second up, Steelers starting Hodges over Mason. What's the motivation behind it? Some people are going to say the motivation is the whole Brown situation. I'm going to say Hodges gave them the best chance to win. Look, they pull Mason Rudolph out. What happens? Hodges comes in and wins the game for him. Simple as that. This has nothing to do with a fear of retaliation against your future quarterback. This is everything to do with he's the guy that gives you the chance to win. Period. Mason's a few eggs short of an omelet. <laughs> He's playing like scrambled eggs upstairs, man. Touché, this was man. absolutely the right You're call. You're saying the helmet got to him. He looks terrible out there. He ain't it. Not that I think that Hodges is it, but look, the Steelers are in the mix for a playoff spot. Right now, if the playoffs started today, they would be in the running. You got the team right on their heels in the Browns, nipping at their butts to get into that spot. I think this makes a lot of sense for the Steelers if they want to actually have a chance at getting into this year's playoffs and trying to make a run uh, to the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's funny. That's the best oh, joke man. I've heard all week. That is hilarious. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, before we sign out, hey, I want to give a big shout-out to the guys in the team over at Hover Helmets. If you guys haven't noticed, the last couple of weeks, uh, we've had this floating Ravens helmet here. Pretty cool. Uh if you want to it's get your magic. hands on one of these, we're going to be doing a giveaway in the next few days. Make sure you guys pay attention to the social media pages, specifically Twitter. There will be a tweet going out. Uh, we're going to do a giveaway. So for all of the big play shows that are out there, each one of the shows is doing their own giveaway. So whoever wins this helmet will get the helmet of their, of their choice. choice. Yeah, man. So even if you're not a Ravens fan, if you are a Steelers fan, I don't know what the hell you're watching for, but <laughs> if you want that Steelers helmet, you can have it. They have it in all different I types think they have of sports. Bunch of NCAA teams as they, well. They have it in college sports. They have it in basketball. They have it in, or not basketball. They have it in uh, a baseball helmets. They have yeah. all different types of variety. Check them out online. Hoverhelmets.com. Really appreciate Running them. Running a bunch uh, of specials for the Black Friday as well. I for think. sure. All right, man. <laughs> ding, ding, <laughs> ding. Give me two minutes here to do my outro. I love it. We want to remind all of you guys, check us out on our web platform, www.birdlandbs.com. While you're there, make sure you check out all the episodes. You can also get yourself some of our gear. We are wearing it all the time. I've always got the Birdland BS shirt on. Fred's got that fire LJ8 shirt. Hey, Go get one. We were selling them like hotcakes yeah, when, when they came out, and they still are. Love it. Go get yourself one. Make sure you contact us while you're there as well. Hotcakes, you old man. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> Sound like hotcakes. <laughs> hey, I'm just reading your words. You're the old man. I didn't guy. write that. <laughs> Visit BigPlay.com, the Big Play Twitter page. Download the Big Play app. Make sure you check out all the shows, but definitely make sure you like us for the Birdland BS show. We appreciate you guys every time. Follow the Birdland BS accounts on social media. You can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Twitter, on Twitter, at Birdland BS, at Fred BLBS, at Scott BLBS, at bartender underscore Blake. Pour them shots, buddy. If you want your opinion or topic heard on the show, make sure you use the hashtag. That's BLBS. We'll bring your comments up on the show. As always, be sure to check out the audio version of the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or any podcast app of your choice. Thank you guys for tuning in. 
We'll be back next Tuesday night. I want to wish everybody a happy Turkey Day. Gobble, gobble. Don't ever do that no, again. No, please. God, that was scary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll see you guys. God. We'll see you guys next Tuesday night, 730 for Fred, myself, and Brian. See you guys next week. See ya. See ya.